Oz, what is up, sir? Hey, how's it going, guys? What is up? You're doing good, yeah, man. Good. Doing good. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I've had some uh, time off for Christmas and for the holidays, so uh, just been chilling. Just been uh, catching up with some emails and just generally living not a studio life for a couple of weeks, which has been great, you know. Yeah, well, look, I want nice. to thank both you and Matt for uh, for staying up this late to uh, to be on the show tonight because people don't realize y'all are behind us uh, or ahead yeah. of us, or how you want to look at it. Uh, so it's late for you guys right now, right? That's yeah, it. I mean, one forty five in the morning. Yeah, oh. that's it. <laughs> oh <laughs> luckily, man, luckily, really... uh, yeah. I mean, luckily the uh, the the music and studio life kind of helps make you nocturnal, I guess. So uh, it's not too bad. Not too <laughs> right. bad. Yeah. It's great to be here and. Uh, you know, be, have a chance to chat to you guys anyway. So it's, uh, it's more than happy to stay up for this. Well, good. Well, good. We appreciate the love, man. Matt, uh, we was chatting earlier. Let, I want you to take the lead on this. Uh, let's start with like, when, when were we talking about that where we said to get Oz on the show? Was it after one of the streams when we were talking and, and you mentioned that? It was when I was dropping tracks into the uh, <clears throat> services chat and I was like, oh, this is another one of Oz's bangers. And right. he literally went, get him on the show. So I dropped him a message, <laughs> and here we are. All right. Well, killer. Yeah, I'm glad that worked out for us. Um, so, how, how, Oz, how'd you get your start, man, recording band? Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a long, it's a long road, but um, I kind of always, you know, I played music and played uh, instruments from a really young age um, and always had a kind of fascination with technology and how things worked and, I think the two just always kind of were trying to find ways of kind of putting those two things together. Um, and when I was like in my early teens, I decided that the best way to do that would be to like make guitars. So I, uh, I made an electric guitar and it sucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I realized that maybe that's not for me. Um, but while I was doing that, I was, uh, I, I don't know if you guys have a similar thing out in the States, but we have a thing here called work experience. <clears throat> that you do at school when you're about 15 that you have like a week or two weeks where they take you into like a an industry that you might have an interest in and you know you get to kind of be a, a kind of you know, help out a little bit or do that kind of thing and the place where I went had like a guitar workshop kind of repair center um so that's kind of why I went there thinking that I was going to be good at making guitars which I definitely wasn't um <laughs> <laughs> but they had a they had a recording studio there and um it was one of those weird, uh, you know, lightning bolt moments of taking in the engineers cups of tea as a 15 year old and watching like actual sessions happening. And I was like, that's, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And I've just essentially been completely focused since that age of just, and that's all I've done and all I've cared about really. And, you know, that's been my primary focus since the age of 15. So from there, it kind of, you know, snowballed from there and I started, um, working in that studio more worked there full time for a while and then kind of realized that i kind of wanted to do my own thing and focus on you know the music i loved a little bit more so then went the route that i think everyone else does now which is kind of setting up a small home studio uh you know bribing my parents to let me use their garage when i was you know late teens and uh built a little studio there and and that's kind of how it all kicked off really that's yeah. awesome man yeah, for sure, for sure. What uh, I, I'm not sure the time frame here, but when you when you were uh, apprenticing more or less at that at the other studio, did you get to watch technology kind of change there, where it got more compact, more accessible, and and people like you're saying, like yourself, uh, have the ability to do exactly what you're doing, whereas 
I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe 20 ish, that wouldn't have really been a possibility to the degree that you're doing it now. No, that's right. I mean, and that's that that is basically the time frame it was in. So I've really that was yeah, where, when was that? Yeah, it's about just just over 20. Yeah. So I did my work experience when I was 15. That's like 22 years ago. So I started doing it full time when I was maybe 18, 19. So that's like 19 years. So I've really been had a career in this as the technology has been evolving. So the first studio I worked in was it was digital tape. So it was still tape. But it was digital but it was all analog, you know, there was no computer in the studio. Uh, it was all hands on, you know, outboard gear and mi analog mixing desk and channels. You know, we used to, uh, you know, we used to smoke cigarettes and stuff in there. And so all the channels would stop working and, you know, tea would get spilt on it and stuff. So it was pretty, uh, you know, old school rock and roll kind of place. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been mad. I mean, I think the last, probably the last five or 10 years, I've seen the most change in terms of, the output that people are doing from home now and like you know i get sent demos it's quite common that i'll get sent demos from bands now and they're like yeah these are the songs we're doing i'm like damn that sounds like a finished production <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know like what am i gonna do but i mean i always try and find a way of shoehorning in my little ideas and trying to elevate those but you know people are doing great stuff now just from their laptops in their bedrooms which just wasn't possible you know well you know like yeah. it seems like in bands they're okay like like pretty much you got a drummer bass player guitar and vocalist i would say would be the, the norm and then obviously there's other instruments that some bands do but nowadays it's like one of those guys also has to be the producer you know what i mean it's like that's yeah. like a thing now it's like which yeah. one of you guys are the producer and it's like, oh it's me I, I do all that you know and you yeah. write some of the things that they put out as demos it's like damn i mean yeah it's not completely finished but damn it's close you know yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and it's and it's it's also like finding i think the the role that i play now is also like figuring out actually what is needed you know sometimes it's just like look let's just recapture this you know tidy up a few loose ends mix it and call it done and then other times you know i'm kind of taking things apart and being like look this is really cool what you're doing but i think there's some things that we could really improve on and let's rethink about the drums because you know again a lot of the times that like you were saying that you know there's usually a member that kind of like takes them takes the role of producer or lead writer i found that's more often than not uh, the guitarist who will then program the drums for say and then when a real drummer comes to play it there might be issues or problems so then it's kind of my job to kind of figure out what's possible there versus what they've written and how are we going to join those two things up in the real world you know yeah yeah i definitely agree with that for sure um and having an outside oh, instead of and i was going to bring me on to my next point with oz it's you know he's saying he gets these demos that are you know almost finished like do you get ones that are just terrible oh yeah. like there's a lot of people <laughs> out there like because i always say like put the money into your production because it will make the difference of radio picking you up or not um, yeah. <clears throat> doing what i do for the station which is the new ads and you know all the submissions of emails and stuff like that and the, the amount of stuff that i just listen to and i'm just like their production needs sorting out mm. yeah yeah you know, yeah like, well it's i think invest I think, in your production a hundred percent and i think it's um yeah in in a weird way i actually prefer it when bands don't have a really slick demo because that way they've got the core of the song there so they know what they're playing they know the parts they know the type you know the structure of the song the basics but they're not kind of invested into how 
in the producers world, we call it demoitis, when people do a demo and then they spend six months tweaking and being, you know, fanatical about it and then bring it to me. And I'm like, I, I'm going to do something completely different, you know. Um, and people can sometimes be so attached to what they've spent kind of their passion tweaking that, it, you know, you have to have some conversations. So sometimes actually a really rough live recording, you know, in a practice room is like a, a better for me because it means that I've got more free reign to actually go, cool, we could try this, we could do this. You know, and people, it's like a whole new thing Definitely. rather than almost producing it twice. Yeah. Right. It, for all for all you youngsters out there, if you own an iPhone or a smartphone really of any kind, but I, I've always noticed that the iPhone's microphone on it is something special. Sit that thing in the corner of the room while you're practicing, while you're writing, or, or you know, you're with the full band, and just hit record. And if your songs are tight enough, I mean, that is way good enough for a demo, right? Yeah, like you 100%. said, like you, that's a hundred percent enough what you need for a demo. That's it. And I think I think what's um you know, again, it's like, you know, there's always every, you know, I, I try and never be too fixed on any particular thing. But like, personally, I think as someone that always like, you know, come, has come up with, you know, rock or heavy music being predominantly about a live, you know, a live thing, real, real performances. I think sometimes recently, younger bands maybe focus so much on programming the drums, you know, making mm -hmm. everything perfect. And then when it comes, you know, they come to me, I'm like, well, look, you're gonna have to play it to some degree. You know, I'm not going to sit here and just make it all. You know, you have to give me something to work with. Um, and then, you know, so I think actually doing it like you were saying and putting a mic in a room and playing, you're going to get a much more real representation of this is what you sound like. It's, you know, that's and I think that's a great place to start, really. Yeah, definitely. Sure. So, let's talk about some of these bands that you have been, you know, put, putting out there recently. Sure. Um, as everything unfolds. Felt like home. That's yeah, it's a great amazing song. track. Yeah, um, you've got Raptors, Rock Bottom. How much of the album did you do, or did you just do Rock Bottom? So I did the whole record of that Raptors. I've, I've actually under the yeah. <laughs> under, Look at under, Matt's face. I can see it. He's like, oh, damn. I, I, yeah, I thought yeah. he did. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that whole. I mean, everything that band's ever done under the name Raptors. I've produced, mixed and mastered. I've done everything from them, you know, laying down the first chord to it being on a, on the record and being released. I've, I, I've, I've had the pleasure of doing with Raptors. Um, with As everything unfolds, um, it's difficult because I don't know how much I'm allowed to say yet about ah. what, what we've been working on. But, for example, with Felt Like Home, I... It was a bit more complex, the roles in that, but um, because of their, their first album, I produced, again, produced and mixed it. Uh, and with the newer songs that we've, how you've heard, we wanted to try something different and bring different people in. So what we did was that the band did a lot more writing and, you know, they worked on, with this Everything Unfolds, they have a heavy element of, like, electronics and they have a dedicated kind of yeah. synth player, electronic guy. And he's really good at producing that kind of music in his own right. So we all kind of had a discussion um, that we said, why don't we kind of delegate our roles and actually make it, make all of us, you know, our skills come to the table as like a, as a whole, you know, rather than just putting all on one person or this. So what we did was John, who does the, the Simpson Electronics, focused on doing that. 
Adam, who was the kind of main songwriter, focused on that. Uh, so they, they were coming to me with like much more completed ideas. And then because we'd already made a record together, there was that faith in also of just giving me what they had and going, we're really happy with this, but we know that you're going to hear things that we haven't heard. So um, we kind of then worked together as the three of us um, on the songs as kind of like a co-producing thing in the studio. But I think with the vocals, uh, with working with Charlie, the singer, that was very much left to me to kind of, because that I think that's like something they know that I really like maybe have a lot more kind of um, experience with to get the best out of people because the, the psychological aspect or, you know, the kind of working with people. So that was kind of more left to me, I guess. Left to me, I guess. And then once we finished that, it was all sent um, to the States uh, and a guy called Taylor Larson um, mixed it. So, yeah, that's what you're hearing. So it was a, th that record was a lot more of a kind of a collaborative thing than, say, the Raptors record, which, you know, we did. Um, yeah. You know, we did everything back to back. <laughs> the, the, one, the one funny thing about that Raptors album, though, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Um, on the last day <laughs> of the last session, the last day of the last session of making that record, we turned up like we had done for weeks before and just previous sessions and they met me outside my studio. I turn everything on. We go around the corner to the coffee shop. We grab coffee. We come in and we get started. So I go in. It was the same drill every day. We have like a routine down. I go in, just turn everything on, make sure everything's running. So they're waiting outside for me and I never come back. So eventually they kind of come and stick their head in and go, Oz, what's, what's going on? You know, like... And my computer had just completely died, <laughs> completely died. No way. Yeah. So, so we, um, so I said, right, let's just go and get coffee and like, I need, I need some caffeine off. We'll figure this out. Uh, so we realized that after, after caffeine that this, this isn't going to happen. So by one o'clock, you know, so this was about 10 AM by 1 PM, we were in another studio <laughs> with hard drives and carrying on work. Cause we had to literally just wow. grab things, <clears throat> grab hard drives, I had to, you know, ring a friend who had a studio, you know, a, a few miles away and beg that we could kind of take it over for a day. And we finished the right. record off. We finished the record off in another studio, completely unplanned. That is but it, awesome. it's nice to have those contacts in it. If something does go wrong, you can, you know, please, can I come, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope I never have to do it again. <laughs> no. Yeah. While, while we're on the subject of Raptors, why don't we uh, let the watchers see and hear yeah. what is produced we're gonna okay. play Sounds rock good. bottom awesome here we go this is uh raptors and uh you're watching the sound well <laughs> what, what a fucking band <laughs> <laughs> so much to unpack there i thought matt was gonna flip his table over uh <laughs> stays there while i was watching i could see him he was ready to kick it into full show mode just just at the show banging well, his head well what's not to love about raptors you've got <laughs> matt on the drums he's an absolute animal yeah simon's one of <laughs> the best vocalists i've heard in a long long time what, what, what um, do you hear his influence a riff machine yeah they, they've just got the perfect fit and they've got their own unique sound you know i've done a review um i think it was a rock bottom actually um and i said like in in years to come people are going to say their influence is raptors yeah you know um and they're, they're insane live there's a reason why i drove five hours to manchester to see them <laughs> um but jared asked me before the show he was like is raptors your favorite band they're up there definitely um oh, that's and he awesome. was like or is it your favorite that oz has produced and i was like come on 
he's done Raptors and he's done the City as ours. How do I? That's why I'm repping tonight. <laughs> like, how do how do I pick? You you want to know you want to know the easiest way to tell someone who truly loves music to me in my opinion is ask them what their favorite band is and if they answer you with the with the first one, chances are they're not a music junkie. Now they they, they maybe they they might still be, but it's rare. But if they yeah. go uh uh ah uh, and they take twenty five minutes and they start, well, what a genre? What time frame? What do you what do you mean specifically? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know, you know, like, okay, you have the sickness as well. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm sick with music. You should know that by now. <laughs> oh, for sure. For yeah, sure. talking of City. So you produced a live. I did. I did. Which is an absolute insane track. And Ollie absolutely smashed that video. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. I remember uh, early on, Mikey kind of slipping me a uh, sneak peek of what they were working on because I had no idea. I mean, we finished the song it was a really quick turnaround on that song that was obviously as a one-off they just came in we we did it quick it was the first time i'd worked with um the new drummer david obviously incredibly talented um but we just kind of wanted to get something under our belts you know to have some new music out and obviously just to kind of get the ball rolling with us working together with the new the you know with david and the new lineup you know because i'd not worked with david previously so um it felt like a good thing to do um we did the song it was like a, a really cool song really different to what we had done before in lots of ways in terms of their influences and what our goal was with the <clears throat> the end product and it kind of we were all happy with the production and it went off and that was me done and then yeah a couple of weeks later i got a, a whatsapp from mikey you know probably about this kind of time <laughs> and uh, it was said hey oz check this out and it was the first 30 seconds uh of the video of just like bits of the green screen and the, and I was blown away, absolutely yeah. blown away. Mm. You know, I just knew it was going to be great, but mm. yeah, Ollie's so talented and so, uh, so easy to work with as well. What, what, what better can you ask for than your hard vocalist being one of the best mute, like video production people in, in, in the UK, you know, well, if not in the world, to be honest, that man's I mean, a wizard. Yeah. I mean, and, and what's funny is that like, that's kind of how he got in the band you know, because yeah. he was doing their videos and taking photos and they just always had a, like a real clip going on and a good vibe between the band and Ollie. You know, when Sam was still in the band, you know, Ollie would do their videos. He would just like take pictures of them live and they all used to hang out like a band. It was like, they had that kind of like vibe going on. And uh, when Sam made like, obviously a very difficult decision to kind of step down and walk away from the city as ours, um, Ollie was just this guy that kind of was almost felt like a kind of honorary member anyway, because he'd been around yeah. for so much. He fitted in, everyone loved him. Um, and I can't remember how, but like, I think they'd heard him scream and they were like, well, I, I know this, how you know? it came about, how he, cause I, I've been talking to Mikey and Ollie about it. And apparently when he was out on tour with our hollow, our home, um, and obviously he's been out of all these bands with like hard vocals and stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> During one sound check, all around for him the mic, and Ollie just let out this insane like, "What the hell?" Like, yeah. and being on tour with all these bands with all the hard vocals and singing along while he's taking his pictures actually trained his voice to do hard vocals. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The you know the. I, I don't know how much people, I mean, I guess the boys must have said this in interviews. I don't actually know, but like um, with Coma, the record they had done previously, 
that was the first time I think Ollie had ever really properly recorded and had done anything with the city as well, certainly. And he literally walked in to the studio with me and we were like, we're making a record on a record label. There's, you know, there's no, there's no safety net here. It's, it's well, happening. While we're talking you know? about Coma, everyone needs <laughs> to go and check it out. There it is. Go One and check album. out that album. It's a brilliant album. So yeah, so Ollie, Ollie literally stepped in in front, literally walked into the studio in front of a mic, and we were like, "Off we go!" and and did his vocals in ridiculously quick timing. I, I was completely shocked that you know a guy with quote unquote very little experience. You know, yeah, I say quote unquote because he's been around for you know for years and years around oh, yeah, he's been music. Around the scene a long time, but not actually. So, in that role you know exactly yeah so so you know but yeah to see how professional and how like smooth he like he wasn't he didn't seem nervous he seemed confident he seemed really rehearsed just relaxed and it was just it was an absolute breeze to record the vocals on that and i was blown away with, this, with what he did absolutely blown away i love it so also dream state Yes. You've, you've done some of their production. Um, I have, yes. I've actually uh, secured tickets to their, the first two shows in February with our social media director, Lisa Wills, is coming back to the UK for some shows. Amazing. So that should be awesome. Because <clears throat> um, that's for their EP release. Have you worked on the whole EP? Yes. <laughs> is the short like, yes, but I can't again, tell you what. <laughs> I, well, I, yeah, I, again, because like I don't know what people, you know, I have to be careful with, you know, because people like to oh, release information. And, but I can so. tell you that I produced, mixed and mastered uh, every song on that EP. So I've done everything okay. with that, um, which was a, a real joy. And um, it, it's funny, you know, because um, I uh, very much with, with kind of my career and stuff like that, I've not been the most kind of pushy salesman guy i tend to kind of just let my work do the talking and hopefully like you know hopefully that does it and just choose to spend my time working really fucking hard uh, yeah, rather right. than messaging people too much or you know schmoozing too much i guess yeah. so whether i should you know whether that's right or not who knows but that's kind of how i've been but there's a couple of times over the years i can think of maybe two or three times where i've heard a band and gone I should be working with that band. I can just hear yeah. it in my head that I should be working with that band. And about, I don't know how long ago it was, a lot of years ago, I messaged their manager <laughs> and said, I need to work with Dream State when I heard them with their old lineup because I was like, this is just going to work, you know. And then through this kind of bizarre sequence of events with the lineup change, and then I had, um, you know, I'd worked with Jess, their new, their new vocalist, Jesse. I'd worked with her in a, with different projects and we played live together, we toured together. Um, and, you know, I just knew how great she was. And she just messaged me and said, I think I'm, I'm, I'm working with Dream State. And I was like, amazing. So she kind of said to me, would you be interested in kind of having a conversation with the band about maybe getting involved in this? And I said, yeah, sure. And then it just, it happened. We did Taunt Me was the first song we did together. We'd never worked together before. I'd, I'd never met them. And we walked in and we did Taught Me, their first single. Wow. And uh, yeah, and it just it just clicked. But uh, really uh, very proud to work with that band because, as I said, a long time ago when they first started releasing music, I just, I heard, I heard something in it that I could really see that I could bring something to the table, you know? Love it. Yeah. So we're I, working, because you work with Neck Deep as well, didn't you? And they are soaring over here right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, so yeah, I so, 
I mixed a, I mixed a song for them a few years ago. I mixed, they did a, a cover of a Green Day song and uh, they asked me to mix it and that was amazing. So yeah, yeah, that was a really cool project to work on. And it's been great, you know, like over the years, just as I said, you know, I'm, I tend to kind of sit in my studio and just keep my head down and be as busy as I can. As long as I'm working on, you know, songs that I like and songs that I see has some kind of value to me or to, to a listener. If the band are, you know, multi, you know, million selling, you know, platinum gold band or a band that are just working on their first release, you know, if, if, if the music's good and they're professional and passionate about it, then to me, there's no difference really, you know. That, but, that, that's just answered the question I was going to ask you. I was like, well, how does it make you feel seeing, you know, like you say, Raptors, you started with Raptors from everything they've done as Raptors. Yeah. You know, and, and they're just... They're, they're escalating, you know. How does that make you feel when you work with these bands from, you know? It's 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 literally the best feeling. I like it. It honestly is probably the biggest payoff, actually, because the the, the thing is, like, you know, as a as a producer, like, what I've realised that I can, you know, hopefully, what I think I can bring to the table is, you know, I always say to bands, and it, it sounds like a bit of a spiel, but it's it's honestly what I believe is that there are going to be people out there that will get you know the best guitar tone or the best snare drum sound like i'm not really that guy i like the sound of things but like i'm not the guy that, that my primary focus is to get you the most perfect gent guitar tone what i want to do is take your song and put a big bow around it so that when someone listens to it for the first time it makes them feel something right. so if it's a he- if it's like that song like rock bottom I want you to, you know, I want people to bang in their heads and it to feel exciting right. about, you know, like a song like that. I want it to feel like to the listener that the wheels are about to fall off of it at any point. Yeah. You know? um, I, mean, I, I said at the start of the show um, for the, all the American listeners, they know who Chris Dawson is. I don't know if you know who Chris Dawson is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know um, his name. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, he's he's one of the best producers over there in America. And I said, you're like the equivalent over here, which you are because you're insane. That's very kind, what, thank you. What I would love to see, and I would love to make it happen, is an Oscar chris Dawson collab. <laughs> let's make, let's do cool. it. Let's make That'd it happen. Cool. Let's That'd make it cool. happen. And yeah. I know we're running short on time, but I've yep. got one more question for you. Now, see. we're talking about, you know, bands sending you stuff, and, you know, it's some of it's great, some of it's not so great. Yep. A lot of... Ours is, you know, we work with a lot of up-and-coming bands that a lot of them do self-produce and stuff like that. What's the biggest advice you can give an up-and-coming band? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Um, If they're self-producing, do you mean like if they're going to self-produce their stuff, what would be the one piece of advice I'd give them for self-producing it? Or just in general? Just in general, what would you know? Where do you see see bands going wrong? You know, what? how would you... I, I I think people, in terms of, I mean, there's there's a few things I could I could talk for hours on this, so I don't want to take up too much of your show with me rambling on. I would say, um, in terms of production, say they're self-producing, I think like a, a huge thing that, but I mean, I guess it's just something that's like I learned with doing this for nearly twenty years is that, as I said earlier, for me personally, what seems to move the needle most when I start working with a band and, you know, a band are doing X and then I work with them and then I see the progression. I think the biggest thing that moves the needle isn't focusing on the guitar tone or like listening to periphery and going, okay, we're going to match their guitar tone. That's the, that's the cool thing that everyone's doing. It's actually thinking about the song and about what 
you want the listener to feel when they hear that song. So if it's a ballad or if it's something that's supposed to feel sad, how do you make the listener feel that? If it's a heavy song, how do you make them feel that? And it's just so overlooked, but it's a hard skill to learn. But that would be uh, that would be my advice for production. And, and, and yeah, and, it, and and I think in general as bands, you know, um, just general advice for bands. I think I, I say, you know, say to a lot of clients that I work with, the the, the secret to success is very simple. It's it's literally three things you've got to do as a band, which is write and release music, write, record and release music, do social media, and play live. It's, it's as simple as that. It's three things. It's all you have to do. You just have to do it <laughs> you consistently. You have just yeah. nailed it on the head. I know that Lisa's watching and she's going to love the fact that you said social media because one thing we're always on about is, you know, be consistent. Like she tries to tag bands when, you know, we do like the Dirty 30 and stuff like that. Some of them don't have Twitter. Some of them don't have Instagram. It's like mm. be on all those platforms and be yep. consistent. Because you can't, you can't social do it media it. these days is it. just as important as your music. It Correct. is. It is. A, a, and simultaneously, I think playing live is, is as important as your music. And I think the three things... Oh, definitely, just, 100%. Well, that's what, you know... They have, they have to have those three things. That's actually how I discovered Raptors. Was oh, really? seeing them live at Turbulence Festival. Amazing. And I was that's just it. like, what? <laughs> who it is yep. <laughs> and, and then know? what you probably did after that was then go and check out their social media <laughs> you know that's how it works I was stood All there those... with, with our social media director Lisa Wills we were stood there because she'd come over for it and we just looked at each other and we were like what and instantly <laughs> Spotify Facebook you know Twitter like who are these guys yeah absolutely and been a huge well, fan it. of since, you know and, and, and... And I say to every band, that no matter what level or where they are, if you can, if you can get those three things, and prog- you know, consistently, progressively do that, so you're always got a bit of attention on those three areas. No matter what level you're at, you're at you will see a growth in your yep. band. Guaranteed. Gary, Gary, you know this sign. Yeah, I got it. I already wrote it down. I already wrote it down. Good man. <laughs> Dude, we touched on a lot tonight, and uh, you you nailed it to, to wrap things up. You nailed it with it's the song, the song, the song. Josie Scott from Saliva, we got a clip from him saying the same exact thing, and you even added another layer. Whatever that song is supposed to make you feel, whether it's happy, mad, sad, angry, or all of those in the same song, then that's what it's supposed to do. Um I do love the guitar tone right out of the gate on that Raptor song that we played. Thank the, you. Before the drums kick in, that it was a little skanky, and that's a good thing, and I like that. It sounded really, I, really good. So I know you can dial it in. I know you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that but was, another uh, thing that you was, another, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. go ahead. I was just going to say that that vote, that guitar sound, I re- when, when we were playing it then, I remembered how we did that, which was that that is the, uh, the vocal mic was left in the corner of the room still from the night before when we were tracking vocals and, and that's what you were listening to on the intro well, so i thought it, it sounded cool it did <laughs> oh, well. it sounded really cool and that's the first thing that caught my ear most for me out of the whole song but that that really was was stood out Amazing. you touched on a lot of things tonight and i'm glad you did uh we got oceans in patiently waiting guys we thank y'all patiently waiting backstage before we wrap things up i just want to say you touched on a lot of things about today with with technology the, the way it's evolved the way things have you know become more uh, accessible to people, people like you guys that are doing recordings in your house. But you mentioned one thing earlier that we haven't touched on that I loved is the psychology of everything. And that is huge for a producer to understand and to know because recording music is a very uh, 
emotional or, 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 or artistic, you know, whatever adjective you want to use. It's not just like, uh, you're going into an office for some reason, right? It's, it's, there's a vibe in the room and the fact that oh, you yeah. understand that I think is great. You mentioned doing it with vocalists, uh, with, with the, with the gentleman from Raptors, what's your approach to that? If you could tell us, uh, just real quick, you know, how do you approach the psychology part of it? Okay. I'll be as quick as I can. As I said, I tend to ramble, but, um, with, with vocals, I personally come at it, um, from the stance of a cheerleader. So, I'm not there to tell them that they've done anything wrong ever. I'm just tell, there to tell them when they do something good, you know? So my, my stance is more, it's great, let's do it again. This, this, this part, so if they do a line or a section and three quarters of it is trash and they're not warmed up and it's not good, I won't say, it's not there. I'll say, that one line, unbelievable. Give yeah. me some more. And, it, and, I, and that's how I come at it. I try and come at it with a lot of energy as well. And I don't tend to kind of work very, with vocalists, I tend to work um, at quite a fast pace. So it's kind of, it's quite a high energy. It tends to be kind of quite like, you know, I guess unless I'm feeling that I'm being too high energy and then I try mm -hmm. and pull it back for them. But it tends to be just, as I said, a bit of a kind of like, that's amazing. Cool. Keep going. Keep going. And then eventually it's like, oh, we're done. You know, yeah. and that's it. And the song's done, you know, but um it's it's a i find that i tailor that process or that psychology very differently for every instrument but with vocals i think it's the most important and i also don't let anybody while the vocalist is in the other room tracking i don't let anybody speak to them you know through the mic through the cans through to walk into the room everything that they want to say has to come through me yeah. so i say to the band you're just going to have to talk to me if you want to tell him that he's sung the lyric well that's totally fine but you tell me and I will at the appropriate time figure that out because it's about getting the flow and a flow state going with the singer, you know, rather than just go, no, that was wrong. And yeah. just breaking people's confidence or their flow. It's, it's like a dance and you get it. You get it. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. awesome. Well, look, where do we need to send people? Uh, your hidden track uh, studios is, the, is that. That's right. Yeah. I mean, on my, my social media, uh, on Facebook, it's hidden track studios. Um, I post pretty much all of the stuff that I've worked on continuously on that page. It's just a long list of new releases. So if people want to hear my work, that's a great place. I have a website. It's about eight years old, but you can have a look if you're interested in getting in touch with me. That's www.hiddentrackstudios.co.uk. And if you're on Instagram, there's a studios page, but probably the best is my personal one on Instagram, which is just Oz Crags. Uh, and that's got a lot of my all my recent work on there, my contact details um and everyone can just kind of jump on and get hold of me any way they want well every awesome. time you every time you got a new band a new project a new anything that you put out shoot it over to us i know matt's eager to hear it and uh we're, we're huge fans of what you're doing and we will get it on our station like that so that's amazing well thank you so much for all your support and uh it's really humbling and incredible to speak to people over the other side of the world you know and uh I'm really thankful and thank you for like letting me come on and chat to you guys. It's been awesome. It's, yeah, thanks for staying up late, dude. It's uh we'll let you go to bed now. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and we'll sort out uh Oscrags UK lowdown special. There yeah. you go. There you Excellent. go. So well thank you so All much, right, guys. Thanks. I hope you have a great rest of your show. Same to you. All right, thanks, dude. Night. See you All soon. All right, man.
Thanks so much for tuning into the show. We really appreciate the support. If you want to stay up to date with all the things we're doing here at The Sound, be sure to download our free radio app. It's in the App Store or Google Play. Just type in The Sound 228. It'll come right up. Download it on your phone. Listen to all the killer new music that Kevin and I are trying to promote to the masses. You can stay up to date with all of our social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also download the episodes of the podcast and the Homegrown Show all right there inside of the app. Go download it now. You won't be disappointed. And once again, we are the sound. We are New Rock. 